Hello and happy hump day to all. So today we're here with David Dijon, our director of agriculture here at Uptera, Larry Shabtai, I'm a digital marketer here, and we're going to be chatting with David, who is, is our in-house soil lover, right? Yes. About um, building healthy soils and how he found his connection to the soil in such a unique way, which was more of a hands-on approach and very experience-based. Um, and we're going to talk about why healthy soil matters, some approaches to creating healthy soil, and how we can turn degraded soils into soils on a larger You love dirt, we love dirt. Especially he loves dirt. He is a magician when it comes to dirt. So, um, why don't you go ahead and kind of give us a brief introduction of what drew you to advocating for soil health? Just may I open first with a kind, just a gesture of what I was taught to kind of, of show? Yeah. Okay. So, here we have sage, mm -hmm. and we will burn this as I was taught by Mr. V, Guatama Villa, a great teacher of mine, was this conjoins us. If there's any type of energy that could be potentially around, and I'll open it up by holding hands and just saying a prayer. Thank you for allowing us to come together today to be live on Instagram and to be able to share this knowledge and each other's presence. I'm very grateful for everything, waking up today, the birds that are singing in the background, the sun that's shining. And thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all. Um, yeah, that was really beautiful, David. Thank you for doing that. Um, so who is Mr. B? So we can go. So Mr. V is a great inspiration to me. His mm -hmm. name's Quatama Villa, mm -hmm. and he was introduced to me through my uncle David. And at that time, I gained interest in growing cannabis, mm -hmm. right? um, just due to the principles of how it was healing for me. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of issues in school, staying focused. And just like most people that started in growing plants, I started off with using like hydroponics, right? Mm -hmm. Something about just too much. It didn't, it wasn't really clicking with me. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. So he took me up to Napa, which I've known Mr. V since I was a child, but at this time now, but let's fast forward. Mr. V was listening or living in Napa with his mom to take care of her, and he was working with effective microorganisms. Mm. So he had two types of five gallon buckets that could be purchased. One was for the vegetable growth phase, yeah. and one was for the bloom phase. Right. And so I paid him for the effective microorganisms, and he introduced me to the Probiotic Farmers Alliance on Facebook. Hence, he knew I had, he probably could sense that I had a desire to want yeah. to learn more. And so that's a little introduction as to what led me to looking into growing naturally, right? right. Um, having beneficial runoff and just 
learning all this different stuff. And for a long time, well-being joined on this group. I didn't say much because there was so much information. And I realized that I was sitting and privileged to be around giants, right? People that have been growing for years. And so just by seeking the knowledge and then putting it into practice, I was then able to see the results right and they have a really good saying that they would verify for me that the actual truth is in the smoke right yeah so smoking something that's grown probiotically versus i mean i, and I don't want to take any away from local growing right right just for the simple fact that it's sometimes more convenient for people yeah but the truth is definitely in the smoke right the the way the plant produces naturally, mm-hmm. uh, the terpene profiles, and, and the medicinal benefits are just out of this world, right? Yeah. But that's kind of a little introduction as to what got me into growing this with this type of method. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot more into it. So I'm David. So Soil Yoda. You know, back to in the flesh. So, in the flesh, right. live, being like water. Yeah. But um, the whole purpose of me looking into regenerative healing is I would always hear my grandmother telling me, my father saying, your blood, right? You have a green thumb. And they would share little stories and it would just stick with me, right? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't come till many years later that I was actually understanding what was being said. Right. But I really, really took a huge approach through my own pain, right? Mm-hmm. And my life experiences and watching others. So being observant as a witness to everything that was in the pain that we're going through and trying to repeat these abnormalities, if I can call it that. Right. <clears throat> and both of my grandmothers, my, they both rest in peace. Yeah. We're stage four lung cancer. Um, one of my grandmothers, Linda Berenger, who was super against cannabis her whole entire life, after everything that the doctors tried to do to help her, as she was laying on hospice in her bed, she was acceptance to take some butter that I handmade. So a can of butter? Can of butter, yeah. Right. And I made it using the bubble bags. So I extracted the cannabinoids and the, all the THC have different microns and I made grandma butter Mm -hmm. and she was applying it to toast. Now, mind you, during chemotherapy and other medications and treatments that they were using on her, she lost her appetite, lost Mm -hmm. her hair. Unfortunately, she kind of looked like a skeleton. We'd say this jokingly and she would laugh, but she kind of looked like cows from the crypt. I don't know if everybody's familiar with that. I'm not familiar. But anyways, um, she started eating the bread mm-hmm. with the butter, and it gave her an appetite again. Mm-hmm. And she could also hold down food without vomiting. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you're familiar with the effects of when people are going through these types of treatments, yeah. Yeah. what it does to them. But she started to get her color back in her skin. She looked really gray, mm-hmm. kind of like this gray. Right? This was her skin color. Mm-hmm. But um, and it just it was tearing me apart. 
to watch her go through what she was going through. At the same time, dealing with my other grandmother who's passing away as well, right? And after a while, she looked into, like she could feel the benefits, right? So she, myself and my father, we reached out to our cousin Reagan and she reached out to a group out of Santa Cruz. Yeah. And this wonderful would send medicine in a syringe. So Rick Simpson. And basically that began my process of administering, right? You start off with like a grain of rice in the size because she didn't want to get high. Right. Uh, and you gradually work yourself up until you find a balance, right? Right. By the time she passed away, being in hospice, I mean, there was a time where she was literally laying on her back smiling saying i'm going to kill she's riding her bike right mm -hmm. but by the time she passed away she was no longer taking any type of medication no more insulin for diabetes mm -hmm. no more pain no more morphine drip and she passed in peace yeah. and then powerful. yeah she rested in peace, yeah. right? and then my grandma alice who I think she had a lot of stuff weighing on her, personal stuff weighing on her shoulders. And she kind of just went with her children instead of choosing medicine. And I'm sure she passed in peace as well, but it was a lot more painful, right? right. Um, I didn't want to be present just because it hurts, right, to watch yeah, people passing away. Yeah. To lose both of my grandmothers, who were both very great women, at the same time was kind of devastating to me. And then my own personal injuries, right? Things that I've experienced in my life drove me to want to go into nature right. and reconnect. And so what I did is I purchased some property and I kind of just disappeared. And I was new to the land, right? Didn't want to step on anybody's toes. These communities are very closed groups. Yeah. And I just started off doing at that time what my cannabis license allowed me to do for medical marijuana, and that was growing 12 plants. So I put them in 50 gallon pots and was just using what what I had purchased from him, which was the effect of microorganisms. And if I'm not mistaken, some other amendments that he hand mixed in there from right. dragonfly earth medicine. Yes. And that led me to wanting to see more, right? Right. The yields were better. The plants were super healthy. And just by studying a lot, reading lots of books, trial and error, um, feedback from the actual clients. And a lot of the people that I deal with were veterans, had a lot of medical issues. And for me, it wasn't the money, right? The exchange yeah. of that it was their feedback. Oh, yes, this is really good. You know what I mean? Boom. And that's kind of how I built a network right. clientele base. Right? Was a... right. And I could see BFing life. Um, not to get too personal, but there was a couple that I knew. Mm -hmm. And by introducing cannabis back into their life, they were able to balance their marriage. Mm -hmm. And that brother also taught me some great things, right? So that's right. kind of, I'm understanding things 
now sitting here talking about it, looking back, is the stuff that happened at a certain time for a reason, right? Yeah. And then one form of medicine gave another form of medicine. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like my interaction with nature. Um, I don't know if there's any other questions or if there's something more that you would like me to oh, right. yeah. so, um, further. Yeah, so to redirect into sure. like this, you started with cannabis. And what did that teach you when it came to building healthy soil, the cannabis sector, and how you apply that era? Okay, so soil is alive, guys. I mean, there's there's not much more to say. I mean, going to workshops, actually getting involved, you might not see it, right? Mm-hmm. But then you look back at the pictures and videos, and you're smiling. You're just so happy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we realize this till later that it's actually healing us, right? Yeah. And just by taking a handful and looking at it, you'll see so much life inside of there. And then, right. I mean, meeting different people, right? They're, they're asking for soil samples mm-hmm. that the way they can underneath the microscope. I'm actually big shout out to Lucky Garden, right? Michael, <laughs> he literally asked me to bring a sample. We looked at it underneath the microscope and it was just live, right? And I didn't inoculate with anything besides homemade worm castings. But by looking underneath and inside, you're like, oh my gosh, this thing is one drop of water, right? So you take a little vial, Mm -hmm. something like this size, literally, right? You put put water and you kind of nice and slow, take one drop and put it on the slide. And I mean, you're blown away, right? Yeah. They say that one single teaspoon of healthy soil has more life in that teaspoon, microorganisms, whatever it is, than all the people that have ever lived on this planet. One teaspoon of soil, teaspoon of soil healthy soil. And this stuff just, every time I hear this, right, like I'm not, I've studied a lot of books, mm-hmm. but I've come to the point where I don't really pH no more, right? The microbes will balance out everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like us, right? Yeah. And a diversity of working with five people we kind of learn how to balance each other out, right? And once we can exist as one, everything just goes smooth. And that's what soil does, right? Mm-hmm. So you can take that analogy and put it into anything that's in nature and learn so much from it and then apply that to your life and project that into everybody, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing, sis. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't know course. how much more to define it, but soil is alive, right? And it's, it's just a small thing that we walk on every day that we most of the time just bypass, right? But when you look into a undisturbed forest, as like where we're sitting at, even behind us, mm-hmm. right? Things kind of naturally create. You'll have a mulch layer, you'll have the tree that you will provide the shade. Then you get into what I really love, which is the mushrooms, right? Right. Well, that's that for sure. You know, and then you just realize that this is thriving with nobody touching. Right. And so that's what I try to apply in gardening in-house right yeah and then being blown away by like reading about how terra preta was in a huge like i don't even know the words for it but basically the terra preta was in i want to say that in south america right because i don't know exactly if it's mine or aztec mm-hmm. i don't remember but we should explain what terra preta is to um our followers out here and and by the way feel free to ask any questions any comments you know we want to learn from you as well we want to answer those questions for you the best that we can so feel free no question is stupid there's no such thing so please please ask um so what what is terra preta because i don't know 
Okay, so Terra meaning Earth, yeah? Yeah, like up Terra. Preta, I'm not sure what the definition mm -hmm. of this is, but I had a really good understanding that it was a floating island, right? So mm -hmm. sub-irrigation. And they were feeding millions of people. And all the stuff that was the leftovers from the plants mm -hmm. were put back onto this floating island, right? Yeah. And as the roots would grow down into the water, it would feed all these people. So it got me looking into sub-irrigation planter boxes. And that's another thing that Ellen Abikison, which is the owner of Grokashi mm -hmm. from the Probiotic Farmers Alliance, she set up that page on Facebook as a beta thing, talks about how the mycorrhizae fungi form a network of yeah. delivering nutrients, right? And yeah. So my, my knowledge of it is, I don't know all the words, but I definitely understand how it works. And right now what we're using at the lab is a blue mat drip system, right? Mm -hmm. Which is gravity fed. So it's totally different, but sub irrigation is just a phenomenal way to grow. Right. Mm -hmm. um, some people that are growing with like hydroponic nutrients, that's kind of what an ebb and flow is. Yeah. I'm getting off topic, but. There's so many vast subjects, right? Like my mind is expansive. Of course, yeah. It's it's hard to frame it into just like a couple sentences, especially mm. with all the work you've been doing and the approach that you've taken towards soil, which is a hands-on approach. It's more of experience based. It's everything that you learned, not so much in a classroom, but literally being outside and doing it. That's right. And um, I do want to explain a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in LA. I grew with two parents that were very much city folk and what i had a passion for in my life was food but there was also mm -hmm. something missing until i learned about regenerative agriculture which really kind of mixed my love for food with like a kind of indirect but actually very direct cause which is soil right and mm -hmm. building healthy soils because how could you have good food with having with, with bad soil Amen. right so that, that nutritious soil is what led me to find a tradition, which is also directed to food, which are the two things that I love most. And my approach towards advocating for a healthy soil is through education. I went to San Francisco State University and yeah, yeah, we're here in the Bay Area right now. And with that, I kind of brought this love for humanities and education to kind of express with the world the underrated approach of regenerative agriculture what we can do to mitigate not only but other environmental disturbances that have come with you know industrialization right and like the toxic impacts that those that that could have unknowingly because remember that thing that humans have done most of the time came with a good intention and then they were unaware but that intention had side effects that's right right those side effects that for example strip the soil like in industrial agriculture using these chemical inputs was based to feed the people right so that we could grow crops fast use you know whatever to make them grow faster which could be like you know synthetic fertilizers pesticides but we didn't understand what that would do to the quality of life. And now that we do, we have regenerative agriculture, right? <laughs> and there's a good saying, beneficial runoff or get runoff, right? Because whatever starts above 
in the hills, especially if you're farming, it does run down to the water caverns. Mm -hmm. And we have to be very considerate as mm -hmm. to protecting our water, yeah. right? Protecting our soils, um, being gentle as we walk through nature, right? Only mm -hmm. utilizing what we need, mm -hmm. right? We all have the want to hold on to certain things, but nature only holds on by its bare roots. Right. So by keeping us grounded, right, and mm -hmm. again, nature will teach us these things. Even I'm still a student, right? I always learn. Always students. Always students. a student. Um, so that's a question that I, I do want to ask you is, how would you define healthy soil? You know, to really kind of like, like, or what is the difference between soil and dirt? Because there's a difference, right? So I, when I look at soil, I kind of feel it, right? So it's it's a whole different approach. I would call it a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> if it smells good, yes, I will even taste it. I eat dirt. Just it tastes bit. good. It's not bad. It's good. Hey, use that and proceed at your own caution, right? Mm -hmm. That's something I do. <laughs> but if it looks good, it smells good, I mean, imagine yourself as a plant, right? What mm -hmm. would you want to be in? Um, if it's a plant that holds a lot of water, like a succulent, you're going to want more drainage. If it's a plant that loves to get deep roots established, you're going to want it to be a little bit more thicker, right? Um, the soil. But like what so. I, that's, yes, that's oh, right. Oh, like rich, yeah. Like just rich and just full of <laughs> carbon, organic matter that's being broken down. My approach is I kind of like to create the balance, right? I use three types of base materials to create the soil yeah. one being aeration one being compost and one being whatever's local whatever i and some going to the big box store right sometimes it's going into nature whatever is conveniently available for the person that's at hand that's taking the approach to begin to grow a plant right yeah because you don't want to make this complicated and overly stressed out but nature will provide or if you don't have the time but you have some money there's a store right and I mean, the stores are great. There's a lot of things to learn. Mm -hmm. So kind of create, to me, a balance. Um, again, you, you have to critique it based off of what the plant needs. Right. right. And that's that would be my foundation of how I started soil. And then from there, it's adding certain amendments, right? Mm -hmm. um, think of it as an earth. What does the earth have in it? Mm -hmm. The ocean, it has the land, it has... All these different things and i mean it's, it's a trip you can even go vegan right so yeah there's no excuse as to not get your hands dirty right and it's very beneficial mm -hmm. right. so these amendments and adaptera you know you go into the lab mm. and we see you just making up these concoctions mm. of like natural farming right and that's what i want to go into is that completely new to me and david has experience with this it's something called korean natural farming and right. if you could just kind of touch on what that is and how you learn and the processes that go korean natural farming okay. yeah so this is great this is good okay so i want to know about more about this too i i will keep referencing back to the probiotic farmers alliance page yeah because they have so many different types of growers join that you should, but you have to get approved. But yeah, you have to get approved. There's so much try. to learn. There's so much to learn. Shout out, right? <laughs> and then I will put make this all happen. Right. But um, Chris Trump, 
right? Huge grower of, I want to almonds in the Big Island, mm -hmm. right? And he inherited this farm from his. It's a beautiful story. You can check it out on YouTube. But he was contemplating to regenerate this farm, right, and bring it back to life. And his story kind of led me into looking into all the different books and sources and purchasing them and then studying as much as I could, right? Right. I'm have a wife I work a lot but just taking what I could learn from his experiences and to see that he's raising his family his daughters they're all healthy he's happy right and then just taking it into practice and then starting to do it myself right because the bottles are very expensive when you go to the store I'm not again I'm not trying to take away from any store or any person that's made a product out there right it's love it's a passion it takes a drive an influence to want to get up and go do that every right. day. And as people are becoming more consciously aware, a lot of the nutrient lines are changing up, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something that for me is showing that we are evolving, right? Yeah. But to the natural farming techniques and the stuff that I do there is all information that I've received, right? By purchasing something or like Drake, mm -hmm. the Korean natural farming book that I've purchased online. It gives you great tutorials. You can purchase the calculator and it kind of helps take the the stress out of it, right? Right. And then um, it's just practice. Watching videos. There's so many great videos on YouTube to check out. Um, I've, I've been making them here and there when I have the time at work because I love to teach. I do truly feel that a natural farming technique or the one straw revolution, that's a right. really good book. Um, it teaches how nature does it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if uh, let's example, a bear grabs a fish, right, and drops the head in the forest. Now you have amino acids that have now, as the microbes colonize this and break it down, there, right? If a bird's flying over and decides that it needs to have a bowel movement or defecate, defecate mm -hmm. poop, <laughs> poop, just say it. Shouldn't be uncomfortable. I mean, that <laughs> becomes guanos, right? Like guanos, guano, like a poop. Right. That's a better word for it. Guano. Guano. Guanos. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> got me wanting to have too much fun now. Yeah. But this is how nature works, right? Right. And then, yeah, so it's like more. And it's just super cost effective because we have got ourselves, like how you were saying, you know, by using the pesticides and the herbicides, the land is not feeling so great. Yeah. Right? It's dying. And nature is fighting back. And farmers need a cost-effective approach to be able to regenerate mm -hmm. these soils. So by using water right. and nutrients and just things that are more like what you would want to ingest. Right? Exactly. Soil that, is living. That's right. So it's like no. if, if you want to eat food, mm. you're going to want to eat. Or if you're going to want to take your body, like what are you going to want to eat, right? You're not going to want to eat these highly processed, pro, uh, processed, high fructose corn syrup meals because it's not going to digest well. So we're trying to feed the soil and we're feeding it Wonder Bread, basically. Mm. And what I'm saying is by nature's fighting back is that we even have a super bug problem where pests are become, becoming resistant, right? They're becoming resistant. But how hard can nature fight back if we're going to keep fighting against it? That's right. Right. That's when we start to have to, to make this change. Absolutely. I mean, this is not just in soil too, right? This is mm -hmm. in the hospitals. When I was working at hospitals, you'd see these pathogens just gaining strength, right? 
So by overusing substances, yeah, it creates what you were saying, like superbugs. Mm -hmm. It's the same with plants. When you spraying, they just adapt to it, right? Their their drive is to improvise, adapt, and overcome mm -hmm. any situation, just like a human would, right? Mm -hmm. If we are forced into a situation, and I'll use myself as an example, I have a wife and a child. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever I have to do, right, to right. protect them and evolve, right? If all of a sudden it freezes, boom, right? Yeah. And that comes with actually doing things. Yeah. Right? So doing is, learning is one thing, right? Mm -hmm. But actually practicing what you're learning practicing. is what creates the skill set. And then making it your own. There's a million ways to go catch a fish. But what works for you and what's easiest for you while not causing stress is what's proficient. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to go into resiliency a bit. Um, diversity on any scale, on a micro scale, when it comes to soil or a macro scale, when it comes to people, right, is extremely important. So if you have a diverse amount of organisms in your soil, they are going to work together to fight that's resilient strong and healthy just like in our world when we're incorporating all people's decisions right and mindsets to work together to create a resilient and that could be towards policy approach for farmers right or um a healthy living ecosystem within the soil full of organisms yeah so what what are some of the organisms that you see in soil that so, I mean, you have so many, you have protozoa, you got nematodes. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are larger, larger organisms that mm -hmm. are living within the soil. Then you have the fungi kingdoms, right? And like yeah. I said, I don't know all the different names. Right. I, I'm more of a bro science kind of guy, mm -hmm. right? but I have looked at them all. Right? I've <laughs> looked at the names in these books. I just can't remember them all. Yeah. And course. it would take away from me trying to actually do the farming if I'm trying to be so critical about everything I do. I just the flow, what makes me feel natural, which balance, mm -hmm. and then I can project that out, right? right? And that's how I teach. But how do they work together? A, a symbiotic relationship, right? right? So they it's... form a bond, and if there's anything yeah. that's pathogenic, they'll outcompete, right? Mm -hmm. um, by having certain microbes in there, they can tape and create a balance. Mm -hmm. And that's what life is about, is a balance. Soil is about balance, right? As long as we can stay centered, then things just seem to flow much better. And that's purely coming from my heart, right? right. As you would know. So would you say that it's difficult to keep soils healthy? It's, it's work. It is. It's definitely work. But once you get it to a baseline, right, and you kind of just let it naturally do its thing and then just be the observer. Go right. in there. I mean, we're not the farmers, right? If we have the worms that are inside of there, they're breaking down all of this you know the microbes break that down they break that down a poop, poop. <laughs> and that poop becomes bioavailable right and then the network of fungi kind of like how we're connected right now via the internet and how everything did mm -hmm. in a sense yeah you know this information is shared quickly mm -hmm. so i don't know if i got it back off topic i can always get off topic but um no, balance true, balance yeah. is where it's at right and that comes from within by leaving it and then just making the adjustments and not overthinking it seriously mm -hmm. like if you walk up to a plant and you say oh i don't want to hurt it you're gonna hurt it yeah but if you walk up to that plant and you're you're looking at nature I mean, look let's look up right when you look into the trees what do you see right you can see the light passing, passing through. through yeah so in an indoor garden 
you would want to kind of biomimic how nature would do it, especially when growing, like let's just refer back to cannabis. You're going to want to make sure you're maximizing your yield because you're utilizing a lot of juice, electricity, right? And um, it's kind of where it's at, right? You, yeah. You put a cover crop down and you put a mulch layer down and when you lift it up, you just see everything's alive. It's amazing. To me, it's like, I don't know, it just touches my soul. Right. Um, so let's go into the idea of pests. Are there really such a thing as pests? Absolutely. Absolutely, but. But are they even considered pests if they're from nature? Now, that is a great question. Mm -hmm. right? So that's a very deep question. When things are in balance, you will see a wasp coming to take out the caterpillar. You'll see the ladybug coming to eat the or the aphids. And there is man-made, unfortunately, yeah. um, things utilized to control weeds that have affected other types of living things, right? But it just depends, right? If we want to protect our crops and our time and our effort and our work, people will do drastic measures, but if it's in balance, you have to understand that you're going to lose some, like, especially in an outdoor garden, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there is, there's microbes and by boosting their health, right? Giving them certain things like how you were saying, mm -hmm. back to what you're saying about what you're eating. Think about by giving the plant what they need to build a strong field around, things will tend to not want to disturb them. Right. And that mycorrhizae fungi connection is when one plant's under attack, it notifies the other living things that are rooted into that ground to increase their oil production, put off a different smell, you know? Right. And it's kind of like a warning mechanism. It's kind of like our sense, right? Right, uh, yeah. When we feel danger, kind of boom, right? Or it's it's a sense, like right. a sixth sense. Or, but. In nature there's really no such thing as a pest. Everything is happening in a, in a circle. So it's like a system and everything is supposed to be there. So nature is resilient. Nature has the ability to defend itself. That's right. So there's this idea of pesticides besides, you know, and this side basically comes from genocide. It means killing. So killing is that necessary when it comes to farming or can we follow a process of nature where it comes into like this kind of um agro farming or agro agronomy approach right mm -hmm. i think it would take time right yeah it's, we've gotten ourselves into such a unbalanced that it's going to take time to balance things and that's the thing we have to be patient right we have to know that consciously we are connected and people are truly starting to wake up to want to make a change it's just there's a system that's keeping them confined about cost right and until that system is gone right if you want me to just be straightforward right when that system's gone then we can begin to exist again with nature right as we yes want. but all we have to do individually is just and this is an individual thing guys individually when you become aware of this you do this right and then when you're happy and you're vibrant it's going to affect everything that's around you. Um, for instance, I'm finding more stuff about myself, um, you know, by being enlightened and then I'm able to go home and that that's spreading to my wife, which is spreading to my child, which is spreading to the kids. And that's how we are going to make a change.
is by individually becoming aware of ourselves mm -hmm. and then being able to help others and just taking initiative. That's what it honestly takes mm -hmm. is initiative, right? right? Individually. When we look within ourselves, right? When we go into a meditation or when you be quiet like nature and you're no longer listening, right? And you start hearing everything. Mm -hmm. And it's so quick how it responds back to you. Boom, boom, right. boom, 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 boom. And that's where it comes from, looking within ourselves, right? Yeah. Truly. Like like a web of mercy I'm like, when we look within ourselves, take this individual approach, then we pools of resources within our community and it spreads out. However, it also occurs on a macro level where there needs to be a shift in policy and economy because right now we need funding to transition to regener regenerative agriculture, to healthy soils, to sequestering carbon, which is what healthy soils do. Little by little, you know, nature is patience, right? And this is correct. We would definitely need the tools required to make this process You will, will want to return and by structuring the water, right? Creating this beautiful harmonic thing that I'm testimonial of, of how it impacts me and affects my life, right? But it's just beautiful. I mean, where's what I would love to say, right? But yeah. the farmers start with what they have on hand, right? And reach out to us. You know, that's another thing is in life, when I need something, I still have to go to the store, right? be virtually impossible so these things existing in balance and just with people that direction i think we will overcome a lot of our current problems right yeah and i mean that's it though using what you have on hand or reaching out to us i would love to help i love coming out to the farms you know but they have to be open to receive what i'm coming to bring to them right and you know i pray that that will happen i, I truly do we really want to make a change we really have to get out there and put in the work and that's it that's it right 
So coming back to Korean natural mm. farming, because I, I want to know more about it. Mm. You, I've seen you create certain amendments. I'm using fish heads or pumpkins, which I've made with you, the pumpkin fermented fruit juice yeah, or yeah, lactose bacillus. What do you use? I know I know you grow at home, you, you have a garden. Like, What would you use to keep your soil healthy so that if anyone in this crowd is gardening or farming, like these are some great amendments that David creates and we've seen the effects that it has on the plants and we got some happy plants out of Terra, that's all I can say. So mm-hmm. you can take eggshells, right? Everybody has eggs or has, if they have chickens, mm-hmm. take your eggshells, crumble them up into nice little fine pieces and you soak them in vinegar. If you guys want the exact recipe, YouTube, right? I can source it, boom, right? Go to YouTube, mm-hmm. Chris Trump, um, poor Drake. But yeah, you create these amendments, you soak them and then you extract them, right? And then through the extraction process, you end up with like a water soluble calcium mm-hmm. or you take bones and you char them to a certain, and I, I'm a little bit nerdy, right? So no, that's I love good. tools. Nerd so out, nerd out. I take my ohms meter and I check the <laughs> resistance of the bones. And if it's one below, it's like, ooh, that's a conductor, right? <laughs> yeah. And then again, it's the same thing. You mix it with the vinegar, the vinegar then chelates it, right? It, that phosphorus become bioavailable. Mm-hmm. And then again, you get that to the fish heads. This is a true story, okay? Check this out, this is really cool. Rolled up some blueberry, right? Went and took a walk and I said, man, I wanna get some fish heads. I went to a couple markets, they didn't have it. So I go sit by this beautiful shoreline by work and I'm about to spark it. And I see a guy fishing to catch fish. He's asked me, he's looking at me, right? And I got this joint and I asked him if he would be willing to exchange. So I traded him a blueberry joint for some fish. And went back, and that's again being sourceful, right? Right. Oh, we and got Reza th- here passing us some. My brother. But yeah, this is exactly. Here's I mean, Reza. Don't have to be overcomplicated, guys. You know, this is water soluble calcium. He's soaking it, and he can use a little bit as the plant transitions into blooming and it's producing its fruits. You definitely want to inoculate with some calcium, right? And then having calcium in the soil will facilitate. Facilitate, facilitate. facilitate the magnesium, right? And helps bring everything out. That's so amazing. Put that- I even I need some calcium. If it's safe enough to eat for yourself, then it's safe enough <laughs> to put in your plants. That's real. No, right? that's so true. It's that's so real. true. It's just it's the mag juice. You want that? <laughs> Try it. I'm good. Hey, if you about that life, come on, girl. You see when brother Deech. I'm vegan, you know I'm vegan. So. <laughs> okay, well, I gotta respect that. But you know what? Mm. My plants totally up. I mean, need some calcium, baby. I can facilitate this magnesium and I can heal. Yes. Get it. Love it. I love it. I do love it. Yeah. So I love you all too for tuning in. I remember you telling me that plants or soil are like pregnant and that first they like crave sweet and then it goes to sour can you go into that a little bit i really i think i think that's really interesting it stuck with me it stuck with me okay so how i look at a female plant right again this this all comes back to my relationship with growing cannabis yeah andrew you you have a female plant right and you want to take care of her and she goes through different phases you know they start Mm -hmm. off as little ones right yeah it depends if you start from a clone or a seed but they start off as little ones and they need certain things just like a child would need, right? And then right. as they go into maturity, they become teenagers. 
And those teenagers need some stuff, right? So you, right. you give them what they need at that stage. They need a party. Then they become a mama, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, mind you, the cannabis plant doesn't need a male to produce the female oh, really? buds. I didn't know right? that. In nature, yes. In nature. But indoors, when we usually do not want, when you're growing sensimia, right? So mm -hmm. weed without seed. Cannabis without seed. Let me say that with much right. more respect. Mm -hmm. um, by If it was to become seeded, it would then lose its THC content, right? But for the hemp farmers out there, hemp is amazing, right? You're going to want that seed. That stuff has, think about the shape, right? Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Just think about the shape of that seed. That's all I can say. Been imprinted, right? They've been imprinted. What is the shape of the seed? A little teardrop, like a little egg. Little egg. That's it. Okay. So I take care of my plants like they're. I look at them as a mother, right? Mm -hmm. And they're gonna bear fruit. And so during different times, you do different things, mm -hmm. allowing them to fully mature, right? And it's all facilitated by using the medium, which is the soil. And the soil acts as like our earth. We're currently standing on an earth, right? And every body of soil to me is an earth, right? That's how I look at it. And every plant that goes in there is a living thing. And every living thing in there needs to have a symbiotic relationship so that way it can thrive. Right. right? That's to answer your question. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry. So interesting, right? Teenager plants. Like, if I was a teenager plant, what would I need? <laughs> you're gonna need some love that's what you're gonna need you're gonna need d money d'angelo gonna show up and give you some love love okay so we actually Lots have we have a question here from reza david Wait. what is your favorite plant Ooh, that's a hard one my favorite plants i love them all i truly i love really? all plants i really do but you have my but absolute favorite would be cannabis of course that's where your connection started right um that's right. And I don't know if, I don't think the mushroom is considered a plant, but I, I love mushrooms. Yeah, I love mushrooms. Yeah, yeah there's actually, there's actually uh, a term for someone that loves lotus. I love lotuses. Oh, okay. I do love lotuses. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, I was just saying the term for someone that loves mushrooms or like a love for mushrooms is mycophilia. Did you know that? I didn't. So I'm a mycophiliac. <laughs> yeah, or a mycophile. <laughs> Whatever it's called, you can call me whatever you want. Just not late for dinner. Oh, Reza says favorite plant to eat. Favorite plant to eat. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a good one too. There's some really good questions. So my favorite plant to eat, I would have to say. I mean, a plant is anything that comes in. I love. I really like garlic. I like onions. Right. I like mm -hmm. cilantro. Have you grown those before? Oh yeah, watermelon. Now, I love all plants. It's hard to say. I'm not really a picky eater, guys. Right. So my favorite plant to eat is whatever's available. Awesome. Um, okay, so let's move into this kind of adoption of these practices of mm. regenerative agriculture and, you know, building resilient farming systems that have soil that is not only healthy and creating a diverse community of microbes in the farm, but also healthy for farmers to be working in right because like if you're working in an industrial monocrop like area right um you know like you're gonna be exposed to pesticides and inorganic fertilizers which have like chemicals that you're inhaling and like you can get very sick from so 
why are more farmers, aren't more farmers adopting such practices, right? Always boils back down to money. Right, it does. That's what it boils down to. It's, I think for most people walking in this earth, money, right? And it's a tool though. Again, you can use money to do good things and you can use money to do bad things, right? It's your perspective. Uh, and until this system does not exist, we have to coexist, right? So that's what I have to say about that. I, I can't bash on these people. I can't say anything yeah. right about them because I don't personally know the inventors or the people that are doing these things, right? To create Again, this it harmful. It starts with a good intention. It did with a good intention. And I can't right? sit here and manifest and stress out about it, right? I can only do my part every day to try to make a change and try to spread the knowledge by teaching. Hence why I love teaching the kids, right? Mm -hmm. You teach the kids, the parents see them so ecstatic by just playing with dirt. And then the next thing you know, the parents are showing up and then they're learning and then they own these farms and right. then it's just boom, right? Like a micro cluster. And that's what I love, right? right? So that's, that's literally doing something, then observing and watching how it works. Yeah. That's how we're going to do it. Right. I don't have, I have no other knowledge of how we're going to do this. And violence is definitely not the answer, right? No. However, I mean, it's the transition that is so costly and like the addiction that has been implemented on farmers to continue this form of agriculture that is not something that they want to do, but financially cannot move towards regeneration, right? So in the long run, regenerative agriculture and like having a farm that follows these natural processes ends up saving money however it's the short it's the short-term transition that is not being financed and we need more smart financiers in ag right that's right policy change that's going to focus on bringing regenerative agriculture to life you know right. and we'll be posting on social media how you can get involved so check us out on Upterico, you know, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Upterico, LinkedIn. Um, that is where you're going to get some resources to how you can join Ooh. this transition. Okay, so can we, can we answer these questions? Yeah, let's answer some questions. Okay, so it says, what is one thing that someone can simply do that you think is most important when starting your soil? Give us some love. Right. Shoot, give it some love. So, like, how let, let's say, like, on a, a basis, someone asks you right now, David, seriously, right? I seriously. am about to start a garden at home. I need some good soil. Hmm. How do I start this? Because I want to know, right? I'm trying to build my own, okay. own garden. So, this yeah. is a great question. Yeah. What is Go the out step? into your yard mm -hmm. or wherever. Again, this is it's hard, right? But if you're living in an apartment, go to the store. Mm -hmm. If you're living in a place where you have a yard, go outside in the backyard, right? right? If it's sand, you're going to want to take something to balance that, right? Three parts. Aeration. So aeration would be sand, right? Then you're going to want to get some manure. So you're not going to potentially have all these things on your property. So you might have to go out and source it. But the first and key most thing is you can find rocks, right? You can find hard clay by taking a hike, getting back into nature to actually heal. And honestly, or like I said, go to the starts. What's convenient for the person doing it? But what you really need to put into that soil is love, right. your time and attention and your energy. Right. From that point on, things will come naturally to the soil, even on indoors. I didn't add, when I did indoor gardens, I didn't add all these stuff that were being found inside of the soil, right? 
Um, start a worm compost bin. That is huge. A worm compost bin is huge. And we can do a whole episode on starting your own I mean, worm compost bin. My gosh, you can do it in a five-gallon yeah. bucket. You can do it in a little crate. You can do it in a cardboard box. Mm -hmm. Be creative. You know, use your imagination, mm -hmm. right? Use what source has provided for you to be able to grab and reach mm -hmm. out and utilize. Okay, so that does that. Yeah, that's a that's me seriously answering that question, David. How important is a cover? It's huge. Cover crops. Cover crops yeah, is huge, guys. Cover crops. We have huge. about seven minutes here, so. Okay, I'm going to use me as an analogy, right? Right. That's the perfect. When it's analogy. really, really cold, I grow longer hair, grow a beard, it keeps me warm, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as nature. Right? You look down at nature. I'm sorry, guys, you probably can't see this, but it's a beautiful. When you video. walk into it, is absolutely right. right? So, yeah feel very blessed to be here but not to get off topic is um when you're walking through right and you can take a walk anywhere mm -hmm. where it's not been disturbed or touched too much by humans right mm -hmm. you'll see that there's things that grow in layers right and what's the word for this gosh uh there's there's a specific type of farming that's actually geared towards this and i don't know off the top of my head what's the name right permaculture Maybe, I'm not sure, but go into nature, right? And you're going to see that underneath the tree, there's things that grow, right? And that creates a balance that keeps the soil nice and moist. I mean, not all the time does it rain in the forest, right? During right. summertime, you know, if you don't get showers, how are they getting water? And that's by keeping the soil moist. So yeah. a cover crop is extremely important if you're growing in dry soils, right? And there's not a lot of shade from trees that are planted where you're currently living. It's, right. Even on an indoor garden, it's extremely important because every root that grows into the ground connects with everything that's in there. And as it breaks down, it becomes bioavailable nutrients for the host plants, right? Mm -hmm. Cannabis, we'll use this one, to be able to receive what's being broken down. And the worms or you know, the fungi and the microbes are colonizing this stuff. The worms are eating that. And it's just a system that just flows beautifully. Right. Is that... Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, cover crop is huge. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's what I was saying is that like your approach towards farming is intuitive, right? It's like the way you make these connections, like it's not as factual as some may say. It's not from a book. It's literally your connection with your own body, with your environment, you watching, waiting, listening, and taking in. And that's that's the book is nature, is being outside, is looking into yourself. And as well, some help, right? And that's what we have this vast internet for. Um, I mean, so books yeah. kind of give, for me, right? So mm -hmm. let me speak from my perspective. The books give you a baseline to understand things. I mean, they're really, really good books and you love them, you'll read the whole book, right? Mm -hmm. and a lot of it will resonate with you. You'll keep that information. But when you're in the field, if you're trying to think of every single thing, like I don't, I have pH pins, I have all these different things, but I don't utilize them. Scientifically, in our lab, we are using Right. Yeah. But in nature, doesn't have a pH pen, does it? Do you see anybody checking the pH in the forest? No. So, but for scientific purposes, I mean, again, it's it's a thing that needs balance. You have to use it if you want to know the difference, right? And use right. your tools. But yeah, I like to use my eyes, my hands. You know. Right. So we're closing out here, and we have we oh, have a request to, to sing an outro song. Is there any song? recommendations i'll sing any we're song. rapping sing a song what song so i'm i usually like to sing with the music on so do we have access to music yeah we have access to some music 
What do you? I mean, what, can the crowd give me any <laughs> recommendations? Let's get some recommendations out here. <laughs> that you know, I know. That you know, you know. That he knows. I'll try anything though. Shoot. Why don't you sing, sister? The song that you had on was beautiful. Okay. Please. I'm a terrible singer. No, no, she's not. She's beautiful. <laughs> hey, give me the goosebumps. Okay, let's do it. And I'll sing with you. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think we're wrapping up here. We're at the end. Thank you, everyone. Oh, both songs. Both songs? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, we're gonna wrap up here. It was so nice to have everyone tune in. You want me to sing? I'll sing, girl. Sing. I don't know the words to this one. Yeah. Shout music out, is Stone. music touches my soul. Shout out RXY. You know what I mean? And we are. Love you guys. And I.